He's the host with the most. And this is The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. Good morning. Yes, indeed, it is the Saturday show. And indeed, it is me, Edward Hayden, with you and with you right through until 12 noon. And hopefully you're in a position to stay with me and us until then. Apologies. I think we had what uh, the athletes would define as a false start there uh, this morning. But uh, fear not, we're in full flight here for the next two hours on the Saturday show. And we'd love your company. OH3306 9696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Or, of course, you can telephone us on 1800 90 96 96. Now, what have I got coming up on this morning's show? Well, I have lots coming up as usual on this morning's show. Very shortly, our resident gardening expert, Shirley Lanigan, is going to be talking to you all about the Saharan dust and the impact that that can have on our garden plants, if any. We're also going to be joined by members of the Kilquan Drama Group who are getting ready to uh, put on their production of Separate Beds by Sam Cree. Sure, listen, half the country are in separate beds, so we look forward to hearing uh, all about that. We're also going to keep with the theatrical vibe because I'm delighted to be joined by um, Sean Keane and also by John Rice. And of course, Sean, uh, son of the well-known playwright John B. Keane and John Rice of this parish who is taking on his professional debut in the Gaiety Theatre starting with previews this evening with Sive by John B. Keane. Um, so looking forward to attending the official opening of that on Tuesday night. But we look forward to chatting with them about Sive, the story of the young schoolgirl being sold by the malevolent matchmaker. Uh, so details on that and non. Catherine O'Keefe, our wellness warrior, is going to be joining us this morning to tell us all about the menopause support in the workplace. Now, as you know, we've spoken to Catherine a lot over the last little while with regard to uh, menopause and what we need to do around um, that in the workplace. We're also going to be looking about those who are coming into the stages of perimenopause and the signs that young women should be looking out for. We're also going to chat about HRT, of course. Um, There is um, great commentary in Leinster House during the week about HRT. So we'll be discussing that. Tracy Daly is coming to tell us about hospitality, about the high prices in the hospitality industry, about uh, the situation with regard to January and the restaurants and bars. And she also has a big announcement. So we look forward to that. Um, That's a secret to us all, by the way, just in case you think that I'm in on the scoop before ye are. That is not the case. Now, I told you I was going to be speaking about drama, the Kilquan drama group with separate beds, Saiv in the gaiety. But we've had a lovely text in here this morning, which I'm happy to read out again. Hi, Edward. Any chance you could give the Shrugawada players another shout out again? Our play is on the 31st of January to the 3rd of February. And it is Marina Cars by the Bog of Cats. And that's from Biddy Haw. And thank you to Biddy uh, for that. Biddy, maybe you might retext me back in and let me know where um, the, the play is on. We'd love to, to let people know. And of course, any drama group ever looking to come on with us, just give us a shout here and uh, we'd love to to chat with you as well. But that's the 31st of January. So that's this, when is it? That's this Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. So Monday night and running right through onto the 3rd. It's Marina Cars by the Bog of Cats. It is absolutely fantastic, um, fantastic production um, by the Bog of Cats. It's so strong and it's so, so gripping. 
and wonderful parts. My friend won the Best Actress Award in Athlone uh, playing the part of Hester Swain uh, a number of years ago. Um, it's it's a super part and uh, it's a super production. The Bog of Cats, Sugar Wada Players, the 31st to the 3rd of February. Now, 083 9696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line, 1800 90 96 96. I'm trying to think of any bit of news to tell you. I don't think of anything major, anything, any hot gossip. A good lot of the KCLR family were out and about on Thursday at the races. I didn't get to... Um, I didn't get to go myself uh, this time to the Thayestes, but a good lot of the family were out and about and egg, uh, egg, uh, plaiky up at the races the other day as well. So great fun was had for sure. Let's head over to our telephone line. On it, we're joined by our resident gardening expert, Shirley Lanigan. Shirley, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. You're just in time. If you had phoned Annie earlier, I wouldn't have been able to speak to you because I was watching Sabalenka winning the... Uh, <laughs> the Australian, Australian finals. So, yeah, so it's safely, it's safely won now. We can talk. And were you, are you happy with, uh, with the victor? Oh, I am. She's great. She's really great. You're mad for the tennis, Shirley. I am mad for the tennis. <laughs> what time did you start at it this morning? Oh, no, I was very lazy. I didn't start till about uh, eight. Oh, not too bad. With a with a big mug of coffee, I hope. A, a, a pot, a, a pot, and loads of cups. Okay. Yeah, so I'm good and jittery now with about five cups of coffee. Okay, no better, no better, woman. Now, Shirley, listen, we're hearing reports all about this um, Saharan dust. Uh, Carla Weather was on saying, "Don't bother washing your windows or your car on Saturday because." Um, mild air moving up for Sunday can be carrying big loads of Sahara dust and rain which is likely on Sunday will bring it down onto windows and cars. Will that also affect our lovely uh, shrubs and plants and flowers Shirley? No, not really. We've had it before. You might remember you know you go out and there's this this, this, it's like a slightly sandy pinky colour dust that you'll see more on the car windows than on the house windows I've noticed but then my house windows are always covered in dust anyway Um, so basically if you've got if it's on your car, if it's on your house it will be on your plants but the next rain shower will wash it off and you're talking of it's it's like the lightest of dusting you have to look carefully to see it so don't worry about it and a lot of things haven't come into leaf yet anyway so it's only it's only things like the evergreens that that are that you would even get a chance to see it on, which will have no effect whatsoever. And the evergreens and extra, are hardly anyway. Minerals. Yeah, and it's extra minerals being washed down into your soil as well, which is no bad thing. Okay. Um, absolutely great. Well, listen, I was going out to the car yesterday myself and uh, I noticed that uh, our own windows could do it a little wipe. So I won't do them today then, Shirley. I'll take the day off. No, don't. You give yourself a few days off. Exactly. We'll do them uh, Do them during the week. Um, how did your uh, recent uh, event go? The, the location of which has escaped me for a second, but you were doing a talk in uh, with the Rathvilly... Oh, Yes, yes, up in up in Castle Dermot, the Rathville and Castle Dermot. That's it. They are an amazing uh, bunch. I'll say a bunch of women because while there are men and women, there was only one man there, and there were about sixty people. They're great to turn out in the middle of the evening and cold old cold old nights. But it's a great club. It's a very busy club, and they have a 
fabulous lineup of talks. And I told them to remind us um, when they're doing their talks because they welcome people in from outside to come to any of the garden talks. And I asked them to remind us on the radio when they're For having sure. a talk. And while they're just over the border, they're almost in Carlo. Absolutely. And um, yeah. great interest in, in all things gardening, no doubt. Yes, and, and, and such knowledgeable gardeners, all of them. I mean, they're wonderful to listen to and to chat to afterwards. They're, they're a fabulous gang of gardeners now. And, and mad keen for uh, going off and visiting, visiting other gardens, uh, bunches of them getting together and, and, and trooping off on, on tours through the summer, which is lovely, very sociable. How fantastic. And how lucky they were to have you in their presence as well, Shirley. Well, I, I, do, I don't know about that. Oh, well, past that. We're sure of it here. <laughs> we're sure of it oh thank you um life is good in the garden then other than that Shirley um a bit of mildness should we be kind of you know doing anything post frost we had kind of what you might call frost that sprawled over maybe eight or ten days should we be kind of taking any remedial action at the minute or how are we looking in terms of the garden Yes, yes, because a lot of things that were holding their own uh, and, 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 and standing up and looking fairly presentable up until that frost and ice are now like green slimy jelly. So go out with the gloves and pull away and take away all of that horrible old slimy foliage and put it on the compost heap because that's lying down and it's covering the ground where you might have spring bulbs coming up. So it's it's a good opportunity to just to go and tidy up. If you see bulbs coming up, clear the ground around them, make sure there's nothing lying on top of them so that they can actually do, give their best show. So it's a good a nice mild day to get out and do a bit of raking up of dead leaves and clearing away slimy leaves and smartening up the act. If your hellebores have black uh, blotches on them, cut off those leaves because the flowers are coming up now. And I um, have a beautiful after, hellebore oh, at the front door at the minute, actually. What colour? Now, it's kind of, I would kind of, you could call it either a dirty white or a very washed out pink, one or the other. Yeah, I mean, you never know what sort of colours you'll get. And if that one has babies, you could end up with limey green ones or with dark pink or pure white. You never know. Hellebores are just, they're superb plants. And more and more of us uh, in the last few years have sort of grown to realise that, you know, they're a great thing to have because they're so easy to grow and they grow in your garden for 20 years so you buy one plant you have them forever mm-hmm. wonderful plant I have a feeling with my own that very shortly it needs to move to a new home i.e. a new receptacle very good or put it in the ground and keep an eye out for seedlings because you'll see little seedlings popping up around and just basically insert them either into pots and grow them on and then put them in some place in the garden or just transplant them directly into the garden and just remember what they look like so that you don't weed them out by mistake in a, in a few months. Listen, that's the thing. I was just, uh, again, going out to the little window box, the little tiny window box yesterday in which the parsley is still growing uh, it's nice and small, but it's still growing. And there's little shoots coming up. Now, I remember putting something in it. I have a feeling they could be little narcissi, um, but there's something starting to oh, pop up around lovely. it. Parsley is a very nice foil to little narcissi because you've got its sort of uh, puffy green. It's like miniature trees. And then you've got the spiky leaves, the sordid spiky leaves of the narcissi coming up through it. And then when your flowers come, 
Lord, you'll be beautiful. Keep an eye out as well. If, if your parsley is on a second year, you'll most likely this year get it to set seed. And let it set seed and then just watch out for parsley seedlings around the garden. Parsley is one of those things that once you've had it once, if you let it go to seed, you'll always have a few small parsley plants here and there that you can run out and, and, and raid for the dinner. Perfect for the stuffing, Shirley. Oh, yes. Or for anything. I mean, even in a salad. I love parsley in a salad. Yeah, it's a lovely flavour, of course. And it is a great, you know, it's a great mouth freshener as well, you know. Yes, that's true. Yeah. A great mouth freshener indeed. Indeed. Uh, will you stay tennis watching uh, and analysing all day now, Shirley? Or what's your plan for the Saturday? Oh, no, I back, back. Back to work now. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow at dawn, I think it's at dawn, will be the, the men's final. And I'll, 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 stop, I'll stop everything for that. That's going to be great. Uh, a question here, Shirley. A good time to prune roses and apple trees from a texture. Yes. Yes. And another thing, actually, you could prune at the moment. A lot of people in the last few years have planted uh, young Japanese acers. Just go out and check and the, 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 the shrub will be bare at the moment. This applies to your, your roses and your apples as well. The shrub will be bare, the tree will be bare, and just see if there's any um, branches rubbing off each other, cut off the most miserable of the two, and basically anything that's crossing over and going to grow in an awkward direction in on the plant rather than out to give you a nice open shape. You'll also notice that all the wind we had, it might be an idea to go around and look at all of your trees and shrubs and just see if any of them have damaged branches because if they're damaged, you want to get them off now before they start sort of rocking and maybe you end up with a sort of a long, rough scar down along the side of, of the trunk. So go out after the wind and mm. check all of your trees and shrubs for damage and be ready to have to cut off a few branches and, and nip things back. Absolutely wise counsel indeed. Have a happy Saturday, Shirley. Nice to talk to you. Happy Saturday to everybody. Good morning. Uh, Shirley Lanigan there, our resident gardening expert. Just before we take uh, a little break... Um, Biddy was back on to uh, tell us that it's in Kilmagani in Owens Centre and it starts Wednesday now that's my fault because I'd said uh, another date but it starts Wednesday so it runs Wednesday the 31st right through until the 3rd of February as well so that's by the Bog of Cats by Marina Carr uh, also Mary has been on she said good morning Edward can you please announce on your radio that three boxer type dogs are running around the Ballygurteen area of Paulstown and motorists be advised to slow down and that's wise advice and thank you Mary for uh, sharing that wise counsel uh, with us as well um, uh, Moraid was on and she said hi Edward if you get a chance would you mention Sister Cora's month's mind will be in Greg Manor tomorrow and that's the 11 o'clock mass as well so that's Sister Cora Hayes um, who passed away just after Christmas um, in Lachlan Bridge but was a long and loyal um, um, worker and minister in Greg Manor for 60 years and her month's mind mass is in Jewish Gabby uh, tomorrow as well so um, yeah lots more to come on the Saturday show we're going to be moving up to Coon after the break to the Kilquan Drama Group so fun on show The Saturday Show on KCLOR with Edward Hayden brought to you by Lyrath with Love fall in love this Valentine's with an overnight stay breakfast in bed a couple's massage and use of thermal suite for details visit lyrath.com 
Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Now, with Tough Falls, you're Ash. You're very welcome uh, back to us. Edward Hayden here with you on the Saturday show. Um, in the second hour of the show, as I said to you, we're going to be joined by Catherine O'Keefe, our wellness warrior. We're going to be chatting all things menopause in the workplace. We're going to be chatting um, about signs, looking out for signs and symptoms of perimenopause. And also, also you would have heard during the week that Holly Kearns was speaking with regard to access to HRT in the jaws, suggesting that it shouldn't be um, precluded by cost. So we'll be chatting all things uh, menopause with Catherine O'Keefe. So if you have any questions pertaining to that, uh, let us know on our dinnersready.ie contact line, which is 083306-9696 or telephone Ashling on 1800-9096-96. We'd love to hear uh, from you. Now, you know we have uh, a particular penchant for all things drama here. Here on this show. So it is my great delight to uh, welcome, as I said to them when they came in, it's that time of the year, to welcome uh, director and members of the Kilquan Drama Group who are just getting ready to put on their production of Sam Cree's Separate Beds up in Coon. It's on the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of February and also again on the 10th and 11th of February at 8pm nightly. So welcome one and welcome all. Thank you very much. Benny, I might ask you to grab this microphone and yank it up a little bit there for yourself because um, we we always um, uh, would start with the director, but we're joined um, by Tom Murphy, who plays Andy. We're joined by John Ryan, who is the newest and youngest addition to all of the drama endeavours in Coon, uh, who's playing uh, Wee Wesley. And we look forward to chatting with John, a.k.a. Wee Wesley, very shortly. Emer Donoghue is also with us here as well, who plays Judy Marsh who's getting ready to be married they tell me uh, and of course by Michael Townstead uh, who is the Trident tested MC and all uh, drama activities go through Michael's hands for sure and certain and also by Benny Benny good morning to you good morning Edward uh, Sam Cree of course is uh, a well known well trusted and well loved playwright but uh, a great guardian of all things comedy in the world of drama he was he was absolutely brilliant uh, God bless him. The man died at 52 years of age uh, quite a number of years ago. But he was very famous for... Left a good legacy. Yeah, he wrote for Carry On Films. He went and met Frank Sinatra and people like like He was offered 80,000 for his play Cupid uh, Wore Skirts, but he refused it and ended up getting 3,000 a night in London for the play. So he's a well-respected... Uh, playwright and we're delighted to be able to put on one of his plays I think it's the first time Coon has put on a Sam Cree play so it has been a challenge and uh, we had a young member coming to us this year who wanted to join so I think Sam Cree will give us a bit of a license for sure for sure mm-hmm. uh, now of course there's parents up and down the country advocating the use of separate beds <laughs> so uh, tell us about the kind of the, the nuts and bolts of the play is it as we intend them to be uh, it is and it isn't it's a, there's a lot lots of twists in it it's a three act uh, comedy it's uh, based in the household of Arthur Marshall whose daughter is getting married to a young man called uh, um, Andy, uh, Alan, uh, Ray. Alan, Ray. Alan Ray. Alan is played by Brian Fitzpatrick. Brian has been with us a couple of years now. Uh, but things don't really turn out as Arthur expected because... Do they ever? He <laughs> suddenly realises uh, his daughter turns around and tells him she's uh, expecting. But the 
expectancy is actually her mother coming home okay. after three years of divorce, which Alan's mother doesn't. She's which is the only worst news. Yeah, yeah. No, she's very prudish. She doesn't like this uh, separated families and, you know, they're not right for our type of people. She's very snobby and up market. So everything turns out then. And then we have the, the Reverend Gribble who... Uh, comes out of retirement to do the the wedding, or is it a christening, or, or like he has me confused now even at this stage. I don't know what. I don't know what and he's played by uh, Martin uh, Corden. Martin is new to the group this year, but absolutely <coughs> brilliant in the role. Uh, Arthur Marshall is played by uh, the one and only Martin Murphy, and Martin really carries to play with him with his sarcasm, his wit, his looks. His he's just. Uh, I think we have a fantastic cast this year. And then you just throw in uh, the next-door neighbour who wants, who has her eye on Arthur Marshall because he's separated. And it's a lady called Madge Wurzel, played by Marie Purcell. But uh, Madge is busy calving time this time of the year as well. So, Eventually. you know, little things turn out. And then we have... Uh, Arthur wanted to get his house done up for the wedding because, you know, his precious little daughter is only a child and he employs a, a, a painter by the name of Andy Crawford who was played by Tom Murphy. Yes. And he's not the fastest, you know, painter in the West. Yes, yeah. But... Uh, he Once he's not he looking he to get into one of the separate bits, that's the well, <laughs> I, I think Once it's not that kind of yes, I carry on above. Well, I, I think at one stage he might have had uh, intentions that way, but... Uh, They're quashed. Claire Marshall, the returning wife, has uh, other ideas and ejects him from the bedroom pretty rapid. There you have it. So Let's that's touch basic, base. That's basically it. Let's touch base with Tom, of course, uh, first and foremostly. So Tom is uh, another tried and tested name with the, the Kilquan uh, players as well. How are you going, Tom? Very good, Edward. Thank that's you very much. Good. Yep, uh, well. uh, thanks for coming in. How is the part for you this year then? How are you as the kind of the um, uh, wannabe painter? It's a kind of like the original part I always get, Edward. Um, yes nonsensical, slow, so whether they're trying to tell me something now or not, I don't know, but... Um, and you're doing a very good job. And, and, his, and his wife has expected a baby while the play is going on. The seventh. Yes, seventh. the seventh child, so... Seven girls, so... No, 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 in the play. I'm all confused. I'm, I'm flicking through my notes here. They didn't tell me anything about the seventh baby. I was going to say you haven't time to be learning my life. Uh, are you enjoying it, Tom? Yeah, it's very good this year. Very That's good. good. Um, really enjoying this now. Uh, in fairness, we've, as Benny said, we've a few new recruits. Um, Emer and Vivian Law is teaching me in Opeg, so they were recruited. They were recruited in this year. Yeah, and. Um, Joan Olin from Newtown, she uh, joined us as well at the start of the year, but due to family commitments, she wasn't able to, yeah. yeah. So she's helping us out on the night. So How great. in fairness, I have great friends. They're all after, after rallying making around an, us. After making an account of themselves. Yeah. Uh, and what stage are you at at the minute, uh, Tom? So uh, a week out, so starting to kind of really look at the technicals now, no doubt. Yes, the technicals and we have our dress uh, rehearsals. Done, you know, so I, I, I forgot to mention uh, the busy housemaid at the whole lot, our stalwart player Anne Tunstead, mm. who plays the busy housekeeper who's Why sort of interfering with everything. But you want to see her, Anne doesn't drink. But I tell you, when you see her on stage, you think she should be arrested 
for being drunk. Okay, <laughs> well, uh, no better woman uh, to pull it off than Anne. Imran, touch base with yeah. yourself. You're a new uh, recruit as well. You're playing Judy Marshall, so the uh, the bride, bride to, to be, be in yeah. the middle of it all. I saw you in the in the PR photos yes. uh, as well. You're is this your first time? I know it's your first time with Kilquan. Yeah. Is it your first time dabbling in it drama? Is. It's my first time really on stage, and it was something I kind of always wanted to get involved in. So when Tom you know, came to me and I work with Tom. So he said to me, would I be interested in doing it? I always have the laugh with Tom in school and in work. So I knew there was something, I suppose, that was going to be full of fun and crack. So I said I'd go ahead with it. And yeah. And are you enjoying it? Yeah, really enjoying it. Now, it's a lot of commitment and me to be tired there every day after it. But we're really enjoying it and having fun. So. That's okay. the main thing. That's good. Yeah. Well, to keep teaching the classes anyway, yeah. now don't be mad on the drama. Right. No, no check yeah. come from the drama. No, <laughs> no. There's no, no. no <laughs> check out of that. <laughs> no. Um, and tell me, in terms then, you know, the, lots of people in drama, you know, the, the most annoying question ever is, how do you learn all the lines? But has that been a kind of a big thing it, for you? Yeah, like it's been a challenge, but I suppose <laughs> I can see Benny there making faces behind me. Maybe you're not learning them yeah. that well. <laughs> well, we have a few prompters there, but no, this week now, we've probably been our best with the lines it's just learning it off practicing going up every night making sure that we know them and then reading them at home playing it back to myself on my phone recording mm. it things like that but yeah it's been a challenge but we're getting there I think well we? now Ema, yes, you don't get are. apart the second, the second year yeah. if you don't make a good account of yourself <laughs> the first year so yeah. bear that in mind yes, yes. that's the cruelty of, yeah. of show business let's chat with John uh, who's playing Wee Wesley how are you John? good now yeah now you got uh, seduced into the world of drama as well this year yeah Loving it. How did you get involved? Just really from going and watching it and I always had a love for it and then this year I joined and loving it ever since. That's good, that's good. And tell us, uh, what does we Wesley get up to in the play? Not much, only burning chickens and on my phone the whole time. <laughs> okay, checking in on things. Yeah. And are you enjoying being on the stage? Loving it, yeah. Loving that's it. good, that's good. And what's it like working with all these crowd of messers? Well, they're messers, but they're not... They're good, like good to work messing. beside. Good yeah. messing, yeah. Good crack as well. well yeah. That's great. And uh, will you keep it up? Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. And you know the parts get bigger and better every year. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. Fair play to you. And all your family will be there to to cheer you on. Yeah, they'll be there. What stage are you at in school? In first year now. First year. Getting on good. Lovely, lovely. Well, no better man. You'll have uh, a wealth of good parts to, to play over the next number of years. Yeah. So best to look with it for sure. Uh, Michael, let's touch base with yourself there uh, as well, because uh, what does Judy say? There's no show without punch. Well, there's no show in Coon without yourself as well. You serve as MC and uh, uh, director of all things uh, that happen up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, do front stage and backstage and understage and on top of everywhere else, <laughs> and make the teas and the nights as well. There, yeah. How yeah. are they all? How are they all shaping up? Do you think they're all shaping up very well now? The last week or so there, and it's coming together very well now. A bit dodgy before that, but it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's come together very well now. They're all, they're all very good at now. They all know their lines so that's, far anyway. So hopefully they know them on the nights. Oh as well, she listen to no good if they don't. That's always the the stage as well. It's always yeah. a bit dodgy. Talk to me about the set, um, Michael. What kind of a setting have we got for the the play? Well, it's in the sitting room, as I say, of Andrew yeah. uh, Andrew Marshall's house, yeah. and uh, yeah, this set is. Uh, you tell him how to sit, Benny, you know, better than I do, maybe. Then we'll head <laughs> no, back we, over we, to the real, yeah, the we real have director a, of operations. We have a new set every year because we really want to 
you know, you don't want to be looking at the same For sure. furniture and everything. So we have a whole new set set in the sitting room of Arthur Marshall with the fireplace and the the lovely paintings and the lovely couch and everything. And, and a lot happens on that couch. So uh, <laughs> just be aware. It's the same and world over. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's not. You didn't invent it in Coon. No, it's not. Well, uh, you, you want to see some of the inventions that, that, that went on because uh, I tell you, it's hilarious. It's not just uh, a play and, and, and acting. There's music and there's dance and, and a lot of things involved on the stage. So uh, we're really, really looking forward to it. It's, I think, one of the first years the cast has really got into it. Because when, the, when we started the dancing, it just broke. And when we got young John in, yeah. the atmosphere totally changed. Like, we get down off stage to listen to John. There's every night, you know, <laughs> someone might ha- might be able to turn up. John has played the part, or he's read the part of Andy, yeah, yeah, he's read yeah. the part of Judy, he's read the part. That's how it and starts, John. Yeah. yeah. And if you think that, you, you know, a small part, you don't make a difference. There's an old African proverb. If you think a small part, you d- it don't make a difference. Try spending a night with a mosquito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I was going to say, my friend, uh, who's a, a multiple award winner in Athlone, she always says the butler and Lady Windermere's fan could bring down the play. So yes. the same, the same adage. Listen, we have two tickets to give away. People can text in um, their name, followed by where they are in the world, uh, to oh eight three three zero six nine six nine six, and we give those tickets away. Uh, we remind people that it's on the second, third, uh, and fourth of February, and also on the tenth and eleventh of February in Coon Hall. Doors open at seven thirty, and no bookings. So come early to see Sam. I just like to thank the, the lads on the, the lighting and sound as well, John Fitzpatrick and Pat Healy. They've been with us for the last couple of weeks and they've really brought that atmosphere to us in rehearsals. So, And I also, I must say, whoever's doing your PR and photography, it's looking absolutely fantastic. So yeah, that's must commend Marie, them all as down well. to Marie Purcell. She yeah, is, well, she's, she's a gem. You want to be hanging on to her. She's doing yeah. a super job. Guys, the very best Thank to look you. with it. Hope it all goes great. That's Kilquan Drama Group presenting Sam Cree's Separate Beds, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 10th and 11th of February up in Coon Hall. The very best wishes to you all. Uh, now, we're going to take a little break here. Uh, lots of questions coming in with regard to uh, menopause. So keep those coming away to 3306-9696. And of course, those tickets will announce the winner before 12 o'clock today. And you could be maybe sleeping or lying or uh, getting in under one of the separate beds above in Coon <laughs> as well. The Saturday Show on KCLOR with Edward Hayden. Brought to you by Lyrath with Love. Fall in love this Valentine's with an overnight stay, breakfast in bed, a couple's massage and use of thermal suite. For details, visit lyrath.com. Carlo Kilkenny, KCLR. Now, Carlo Kilkenny's Casey Law indeed, and I'm delighted to uh, welcome you back. 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Now, uh, let's head over to the phone line because I'm delighted to be joined on it by um, John Rice. John Rice is from Kilkenny, and John Rice is just getting ready uh, this evening to start his professional debut with the Gaiety Theatre in their production of John B. Keane's Sive. John, good morning to you. 
Hi, Aidan or um, Edward, what's the crack? Thanks for having me on. A pleasure to have you on. Thanks for taking the time because I know you have your technical rehearsal this evening um, or this after, this morning ahead of uh, this evening's previews. How is it all going um, for you, John? It's going well, going well. We're just gearing up for dress rehearsal now at half one and then we're opening tonight we have our first preview tonight and then we're it's kind of big opening night on Tuesday Absolutely well listen um, I was very lucky so, to get an invitation to that big opening night on Tuesday so I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing it you're playing the part of Liam Scoob who is um, the, the young carpenter a, a, a guy with great uh, bona fides and great integrity Yeah yeah amazing part to get um, you know the character it's look it's a it's kind of a dream like you know for an actor like it's a very kind of emotionally demanding part and um, you know he's he's kind of the love interest he is the love interest in the play and um, I suppose he causes a lot of problems for the Lavin family um, and um, yeah it's just yeah, it's a, it's a dream part, I suppose. Yeah. Absolutely. You were talking about the emotional range. There's that fantastic scene there in the second act where uh, Liam is calling upon the good nature of Mike and Mike and Mina, and we get the kind of the sense of his, you know, his his upbringing and his religious background when he's calling upon God and the Blessed Virgin, you know, in terms of uh, calling on them to think about what they're yeah. doing to the young Sive. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's it's passionate. Like you know, it's like look, it's so well written. Like do you know what I mean? Like John B. Keen, it's just so well written. I'm just at the moment, I'm just trying to get out of my own way. Do you know what I mean, Edward? It's just yes. like you know, I'm just let myself bring myself to it. Do you know? How fantastic! Um, How fantastic! How did you get into the acting, yeah. John? How did I get into it? Yeah, like why did you decide to move from from amateur to to professional? We've known you uh, around these parts in in different parts over the years, but how did you decide? Uh, why did you decide to take the leap? Oh, I, I don't know if, if it's a decision. Like some people, you know, it's not like everybody asks me that, like or anything like that. But some people, you know, it's like how did you get into it? And I started when I was twenty two in Galway, and I was just. It just took me, do you know? Yes. It just, it just takes it. I once I was on stage or whatever, I was reading the books. I was I treated myself as a professional when I was an amateur, and I'm sure I made people very annoyed at that level as well because I demanded a lot of people around me, and I demanded a lot myself. And I think I was even loftier when I started, you know. You, reading Stanislavski and saying, you know, people should should leave the stage if they're mm. if they're not, you know, doing this or that kind of like it was you know, I'm I'm conflating it a bit, but I I was and I still am that passionate about it and I believe in it that much. So I, I was kind of once I started on stage I, it was just just learning from then. Like I I I um consider myself to have started when I started amateur, do you know, like I've been trying to do it for that 
long, you know. Absolutely. To do it. Well, listen, this is certainly a, a big gig and following in the works of uh, and the teachings of Stanislavski won't, uh, won't do you any harm with this production for sure. Uh, again, a fantastic cast in, in, in the production. We'll chat with John and the other John in just a second. But uh, needless to say, of course, Fanula Flanagan as Nana Glavin. I'm sure that must be a dream come true to be uh, performing on the stage and having that lovely tender moment early in the play with uh, a, a yeah. star of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's unreal. I mean, Fanula is just brilliant. I mean, when she came into rehearsals, she came into rehearsals late, a little late. Um, but she is she's been amazing, and it just the difference is crazy. I mean, she just grounds you in a scene. You know, she's so she's so natural while still being theatrical, but just so grounded and truthful and just kind of brings you up it's just you're only as good as the actor that's acting opposite you you know and she just kind of and it's my first entrance as well that I'm kind of dealing with with Nana and with Fanula like you know and it just kind of grounds me and and uh, gets me into it you know gets you off to a good start for sure well listen John the very best wishes with it um, it's great to hear you from Kilkenny making your, your professional debut and um, as we said the preview starting tonight and official opening night on Tuesday night I wish you the very best to look with the part I hope it goes fantastically for you Thanks so much, Edward. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure to stay on the line there because we're also joined by uh, John Keane, who is son of playwright John B. Keane and also of this parish. John, good morning to you. Um, Good morning, Edward. And I just want to wish John the best look tonight. It's sold out and I know he'll do a great job because I heard his first reading of the part and he was absolutely passionate. And I have no doubt he'll be a huge success. And it's a name... We're going to have to watch out for John Rice is going to be up in lights. He's an absolutely fantastic young man and he brings great courage to every part he plays. And we're delighted to have him playing Liam School um, in the production in the Gaiety. Absolutely, theater. absolutely. Well, could I just say as well, Edward, could I apologise for any inappropriate behaviour I had in previous shows? I'm glad to that one. <laughs> I'm glad the suspension has been lifted. The suspension I, has been it lifted. Wasn't, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> what did they say? I didn't know the gun was loaded. I was only playing with it when it went off. Come here till I tell you, John. Um, I mean, it is fantastic to have this. It's fantastic, of course, to have uh, John Rice, uh, a Kilkenny man, performing in the production. It's fantastic to have Hollywood legend, Fanula Flanagan, um, you know, Norma Sheehan and all of that. But stripping all of that aside, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you must have seen Sive about 16 million times at this stage, mm-hmm. you know, first uh, first written in the late 1950s and, you know, performed since then. It was your father's first play. You know, you've seen local productions, amateur productions, good productions, bad productions, professional productions over the years. But it must be very special to sit there and, and watch the kind of the, the, the physical uh, transformation of your father's words come onto stage. Edward, it's a joy. It's a joy to go to any production of that play. And I find myself laughing or saying the words before they're spoken by the actors on the stage. So I have to hold myself back. And even at the first uh, rehearsal, the first reading with John and the rest of the cast in the pub and the store. And Blonde and Nick Coffee, let it be said. And Blonde was there and it was absolutely 
it would make the hair stand on the back of your head. It's an honour. It's it's humbling for for me and my family that my father, when my father wrote that play in 1959, it was refused by every theatre in Dublin. The right. local drama group in the stool, the stool said they'd do it. And would you believe it, they won the All-Ireland Amateur Drama Festival. And that started it off, really. Uh, my father was a lovely, kind, humble man. And, you know, uh, going to Dublin was a big deal for him. He didn't like going to Dublin because all the hassle. He'd rather be home. But um, we're absolutely over the moon to be back in the gate because we haven't been there for a long time. And you don't get that many opportunities like this, so we're going to make the most of it. And I'm delighted you're joining us on Tuesday night, and I hope you'll behave yourself this time. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, the production is fabulous. Fanula Flanagan, when I was young, she was our pin-up. Fanula Flanagan could do anything. She was an absolutely incredible actress on screen, um, uh, television series, drama, you name it. I mean, her stuff with Drew is of legend. Um, like uh, John Ulan is fantastic, uh, Dennis Conway, like the, 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 the cast, Norma Shearer, it's an unbelievable cast, and we're really looking forward to it. And uh, Saif, Sadie Malone, I met her on and John, and um, I was the first person to ask John to lift Sadie Malone up to make sure he could lift her for the scene. So light, so light, I'm coming across the bog. Yeah, yeah. John's still there. John is still on the line with us, yeah. And John is I, a very I'm modest here, man. Yeah. He's an absolutely fabulous singer. And I listened to his new song there again last night on YouTube. There's nothing that man couldn't do. So really, uh, it's a joy. It's joy for us. Joy and happiness, humbling and an honour to be there. And um, I'm, I look, I'm really looking forward because we haven't had anything like this for an awful long time. So... Mm. Well, listen, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, listen, John and John, the very best wishes with uh, Sive. I hope it goes great. Uh, John, um, John Keane, uh, you're also uh, just involved um, with Shepherd's Auctions. I saw online during the week they're having uh, another big outing. You might just tell us very briefly about that. We have the Interiors Auction. The previews are today, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And if you're around, we'd love to have you open Doro come into our fantastic auction rooms. The stuff is absolutely incredible. There's there's, there's, there's something for all tastes and for all pockets. There's lots of absolutely beautiful, wondrous, and, you know, it's it's like an Aladdin's cave when you go in there. There's always something around a corner. And uh, Michal, Shepard, and David and the staff, they're really delighted to, look to see you. The auction sets on Tuesday and Wednesday, and there are some really prized lots in it. So... If anybody has a spare hour, I would say slip up to Doro, go into Bowes for a cup of tea and a cake and come in then to us in Shepherds and we look after you. Lovely. Well, listen, thank you both for joining us. John Rice Thanks and John Keane, very best wishes. And of course, Sive runs right up until, I think, the 14th of March uh, in the Gaiety Theatre. Uh, can I just say one thing? John Rice, are you still there? Yes. I am, I am. Uh, John, John Rice, break a leg tonight. Thanks a million, John. I will do. I, I, I look, for, and and I look um, forward to having a play with Jen Tuesday night. I look forward to meeting your mother oh, and father as well. <laughs> you'll right that. They'll be up. They'll be up. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, yeah, we'll have a good, we'll have a nice, quiet night. Oh, we will, I'm sure. sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not so sure you should be sure, John. But anyway, listen, we leave it at that, guys. Thank you both and good morning. Sive runs in the gaiety up until um, the middle of March there. So check it out there, Sive by John B. Keane. Thank you both and good morning. Uh, we'll take a break.
Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. 083-306-9696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Um, Anne was on. She said, Edward, think we should mention Billy Murphy, a true Kilkenny gentleman, she says. Uh, we have lovely memories of Billy's hospital requests many years ago and sympathy to his wife, Jill, and family. So thank you, Anne, for that text as well. And Anne is always uh, keeping an eye on us here in KCLR and listening to us. Uh, particularly on a Saturday, I know. So thanks, Anne, for that as well. Lots of texts coming in also with regard to uh, separate beds by Sam Cree. So keep those coming in and we'll announce the winner before the end of this morning's show. Now, you know, we frequently cover um, all things health and well-being and particularly menopause here on the Saturday show and all of the works around that. And I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by Catherine O'Keefe, who is indeed our wellness warrior and menopausal expert. Catherine, good morning to you. Hi, Edward. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, nice to talk to you, Catherine. And I have a mountain of things to talk to, talk to you about yeah. and a mountain of questions uh, coming in as well. Um, so we'll, we'll have to skim over all of the bits and pieces. But <laughs> Catherine, can I just talk to you first of all? Holly Kearns during the week in Leinster House was making um, representation with regard to um, the fact that HRT shouldn't be, and access to HRT in particular, shouldn't be precluded by cost. Can you talk to us about that and maybe talk to us about the costs of that hormone replacement therapy for women uh, wishing to partake in it? Yeah, and I'd say that's probably, you know, been partly prompted by the fact uh, there was kind of more discussion about this in the UK. And just for example... They have introduced like very good payment schemes in the UK, like reduced prices, all that kind of stuff in relation to HRT. And I think now one, you know, a woman in the UK might be spending on average something like, I think, 20 uh, sterling a year, Edward, on HRT, something like that. Here in Ireland, depending on the HRT that uh, a person is on, you can be spending anywhere. You could be spending maybe 30 euros. You could be spending 80. You could be spending 90 a month, depending on the HRT that you're on. So it's very much looking like if someone is on progesterone and estrogen, then you have a certain amount of, of cost to that. But then if you introduce, say, testosterone on top of that, that makes it very, very expensive. And, you know, most definitely we should have free HRT. And I think for me, a minimum, you know, I think we should be starting with our young people. Um, you know, if we're, you know, there is reluctance um, and I'm, you know, the financial commitment to this, um, you know, if you could argue, Edward, that it's substantial. But I would I would actually argue that, yes, it might it might be high sums, but. You, there's a long-term payoff as well, um, particularly if we look at it from the perspective of bone health for certain people. You know, so I think that there's a lot of complexities to be taken into that con- consider that conversation, but it should happen, and it most definitely should be happening for the, those young girls at the age of 12 and 13 who are diagnosed with early menopause. You know, for years I've been saying they should automatically be given um, free medication because. It is, it is an illness. Um, it isn't something that anyone at the age of 12 or 13 wants to be faced with. And they don't want to be faced with the crippling costs. Like just yesterday, I put up a, a story about, you know, what the news that came out in the, in, about HRT in the UK. Mm. And someone was telling me that 
she goes up every single month up the north to fill her script and like that's that's just scandalous like we we sh- women shouldn't have to do that i know women who are going to spain and other countries they'll bring bring the scripts with them because they, it'll be cheaper and you know we shouldn't have to do that it sh- we should have free hrt and we should have it for everybody but at a minimum we should be starting with young women who have poi Absolutely. Catherine, uh, with regard to menopause and support in the workplace, you know, we spoke about that a number of times. I know you were going in to make representations in Enstra House uh, about it as well. Has there been any changes or updates since we last spoke with regard to that? And I suppose, you know, uh, from my memory, some of the things that you were talking about were just very simple modifications and, you know, considerations around menopause in the workplace. Yeah, I I think there's definitely things are happening in the background. And I think 2024, particularly the latter part of this year, we are going to see progress coming in relation to menopause support in the workplace. And um, I did um, a podcast with Roderick O'Gorman, which will be coming out next week. And we talk about, you know, the fact that we need this. We need it to happen. He knows it needs to happen. And I think this is the year we're going to see more research into the impact of menopause and menstruation, Edward, as well, because, mm. you know, that, that can also, if we look at like PCOS, PMDD, et cetera, that can all have an impact. So I think I think this year is going to be very good for um, menopause in the workplace. I mean, January for me already has been unprecedented in terms of the number of talks that I've already done, the number of menopause champions I've already trained, and we're only in January. So to me, that's given me a very optimistic view of kind of this year. And I think the work that's going to come from the government you know, I, I would hope will cement that and it will really support women because if we look at, the, and I know I've talked to you before about the surveys I've done in the past, mm. but when I did one in 2021, one of the questions I asked was, have you considered giving up work due to your menopause symptoms? And one in three women said they had. Like that's a ferociously high number. It certainly is. And of course would have, you know, menopause aside, would have, uh, you know, drastic ramifications to the workforce and to industry as well. So, you know, we, we really need to be working hard to, to retain staff as opposed to, to have them going for, for something um, that's medical related. Big time, big time. Because like the thing is, it, it is a chapter. It's a chapter in a person's life. And like we just have to, we support women going through pregnancy in the workplace. We've got to support women going through menopause. Like, like we have to, it just, it needs to become an accepted, embedded part of every company's policies, their well-being commitments, etc. You know, and it, like this isn't a flash in the pan. Menopause has been, you know, it's, Pandora's box has been opened. The lid's not going to be closed, mm. you know. So it just—we just now have to keep making the steps forward. And like you, you know, Edward, you've been a, a great supporter of this conversation. And menopause was a taboo forever in Ireland, and and we've we're, we're we've broken the ice on that conversation. But we still have a lot of work to do. And I think we can't just think that you know, okay, now that we're talking about it. That, that, you know, we're done and dusted. We're not. We still have a lot of work to do in the workplace. 
you know, the medical support, etc. So there's, there's, there's a long road to go, yes. For sure. Uh, Catherine, I have another few bits I want to talk about perimenopause in just a second, but for fear we get caught, there's a number of questions have come in and I just want to uh, get to them. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put in the caveat, of course, um, at, the, at the start, that, you know, we can't be uh, a panacea to people's different requirements here online and, you know, mm-hmm. but we can give advice and counsel uh, around them because our second question is, is very detailed but certainly worthy of, of inclusion. But uh, our first texter asks, Catherine, can menopause cause panic attacks? Yes, very common. Oh, interesting. Very, very, yeah, panic attacks and palpitations, Edward, are a very common symptom of uh, from perimenopause all the way through to post. However, what I would say first off, if, you've a, if a person has a panic attack and they've never had one before, please do go to your doctor because a panic attack can also be a symptom of a thyroid imbalance. Mm. It can also happen if you're low in iron, if you're anemic. So I always say to, to someone, you, if it's your first time to have one, go and get yourself checked out. You know, make sure there isn't any other underlying condition. And if you rule that out, then you know, okay, this is a symptom of menopause and then it is really looking at what are the steps that will support you and supporting a panic attack is very individual some people will find that simply breathing you know breathing it say a paper bag you know just being able to in, induce a calm into the moment can be very beneficial on the flip side of that another person might find that gently walking walking around a room just a little bit of movement can be very beneficial so it's really about finding what works for you best if you're experiencing panic attacks and it's hugely hugely individual Indeed. Uh, our next question, as I said, is very detailed, Catherine. But okay. um, so so we'll 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 work through it as best we can, yeah. um, bearing in mind that the uniqueness of all situations. But there, our texter mm. says, "Hi, Edward. I have a question for Catherine relating to the menopause. I had a hysterectomy, uh, uterus and cervix, two and a half years ago, and I'm on Everall HRT patches, fifty milligrams." Also, I recently started Testogel, testosterone at 50 milligrams over a 10 day period. I'm suffering a lot with joint pain and pulled muscles constantly. I also have bad gluteal tendiopathy, which has resulted in me not being able to keep walking as much as I would like to have and was used to. What can I do to help myself as walking can be painful in my lower body and I don't have time or money for gym membership? Is there any supplements I can take? There's a lot to unpack there, Catherine, isn't there? There is. And I I know um, you've mentioned that uh, it was a hysterectomy. I think the uterus was removed in the cervix. I'm yeah. presuming also I'm presuming also the ovaries were removed as well. I, I think I think that's probably safe to say it was a full um um, hysterectomy. So in that case, um, certainly in terms of um, um, presumably the oestrogen that you're on, first off, I would be looking at, you know, how is that dose going for you? And that's a conversation to have with your doctor in terms of, you know, do, do you need to tweak that? And certainly you can find 
particularly where there where persons had a full hysterectomy that you might after the surgery you might be started on a lower dose and then you might have to tweak that over time and that's why that relationship with your doctor is really important just to make sure that you're continuously collaboratively working together in terms of okay are we on the right dose here how's that supporting me and you know again looking at the the testosterone just being mindful to watch any with anything, whether it's a supplement supplement or a medication, look for the positive changes that you're seeing. And I would just say just just keep a close eye on that because you always want to make sure that you're seeing improvements and have that conversation with your doctor. Now, when it comes to the aches and pains and the muscles where you're just feeling that it's really a struggle and often, you know, women would say to me they feel like a 90 year old woman when they're getting out of bed in the morning. The, the 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 first place I would look at there is magnesium in your diet, and I would be trying to get as much magnesium in through your foods as you can. Magnesium has a huge affinity with our muscles, with our um, with aches and pains. So that is your dark green leafy vegetables. It's your nuts and seeds. So just incorporating them throughout your day. And then what I would also say, you know, and I think in this case, it might be that you might need an additional support. So I would look at a magnesium supplement. What you want to be very mindful of there is there's many different forms of magnesium. And when I wrote my book, I I mean, gosh, I could have written a chapter on magnesium alone because it can be an essential support in perimenopause all the way through. However, the key is understanding the different forms. So ideally what you're looking at is like magnesium citrate, magnesium biglycinate, magnesium glycinate. They're the kind of the, the, the key ones that can have a huge affinity. Magnesium biglycinate tends to be very good for someone maybe who's having sleep issues. I find magnesium citrate for people who where it's aches and pains, maybe even hot flushes, night sweats can be hugely beneficial. So it's really just finding which one works best for you and I would say if you're introducing magnesium bring it in through the food maybe add a supplement as well but don't bring in anything else at the same time so that you can really see Edward that it's helping so that you can understand that you know you're going in the in the right direction the other thing that I would say and possibly this has already happened is I would make sure you've had a DEXA scan done because you just want to make sure you know look at the health of your bones and just kind of understand is there osteopenia osteoporosis or anything else going on there so you can certainly talk to your doctor also about getting a DEXA scan done and and I would certainly say that could be you know well worth having as part of your discussion as well now one other thing that I would say and I've only kind of been talking about this recently that I'm hearing people find very beneficial for aches and pains is seaweed bath and seaweed comes with high amounts of magnesium so that is something as well you could maybe look to introduce. And I think you can get like bags of seaweed in health stores and pharmacies as well and um, that might be beneficial. So there are a few things that you could look at to support Perfect. yourself. And I'm uh, sorry, just Edward, one last thing. I was and before, before you give before. me the one last thing, Catherine, can I just <laughs> include, because it might, it, might change, it might change your one last thing. Our texter has text back to say that her ovaries, uh, no ovaries were removed and she still has oh. them. Oh, okay. So that okay. might change oh, your one last well, thing. That, 
Well, no, that's good because then there's still a supply of hormones coming from the ovaries. But we do know with um, with a hysterectomy, it will impact that blood flow. But that is good because then there's still a little, you know, that extra supply is coming in as well, which, which is good. My one last thing was just in relation to the movement is, and I know um, your texter was saying that um, it is a struggle, but I would kind of look at, any forms of gentle movement that can be um, incorporated, just even gentle, very easy, slow walking, anything like that that, you know, will support because movement is hugely, hugely important. OK, another texture, just you were talking there about magnesium. Maybe uh, maybe you will need to write another chapter on it, Catherine, because <laughs> our texture says, hi, Edward, would you please ask Catherine, is magnesium verla, now maybe I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, good for not sleeping? So our Verla? texture is not Verla. sleeping. V-E-R-L-A. V-E-R-L-A. Maybe, maybe you could just tell us which one is good for not sleeping. Yeah, no, mag- magnesium, magnesium by glycinate tends to be the, the, the good one for, for sleeping. Um, magnesium Verla, I haven't come across it in relation to sleep, but it's certainly, uh, it's, possibly one to look at but it's by glycinase is is the one that really always tops it when it comes to sleep okay and our texture sends us in actually a packet of it uh, so it is verla um as well okay. but uh give us the name of the one again you're suggesting for our texture magnesium gli- by, by glycinate sometimes you might see it advertises magnesium glycinate okay. but you could even if you go into the chemist or the health store you can ask them which one has the affinity with sleep and sometimes you might you might get one that actually has magnesium by glycinate and citrate together so that's you know I'm 70 years old, says a texter. I still get hot flushes. When do they stop? Oh, yes. Do you know, Edward, the oldest woman I've met to date was 77. The last symptom to go is hot flushes. And for the majority of women, they will taper off in the late 50s. Uh, but it can happen. And I, as I said, look, I have met women in their 70s. It's not the norm. But certainly, you know, it can just peter out. But what I would say there is kind of, you know, hopefully there aren't any other symptoms, but it might be that that person went into menopause that bit older and hence, you know, the, the, the hot flushes are just still there and they just have to, to make their way through. Magnesium actually is another great supporter for hot flushes because it calms the nervous system. A texture, um, actually, it's, it's interesting the way the world has changed and our texture, it's not necessarily a question, uh, but our texture has given a comment and she lists panic attacks, anxiety, nightmares, wake nightmares, aches, pains, burning spots, brain fog and memory loss. At 49, not what I expected to be of menopause. My aunt suffered with hot flushes and until recently I would have thought that was only what menopause was. So it's it's much more. And I mean, I think, you know... Uh, anecdotally or stereotypically you know everyone would say well have you the flushes you know to kind of encompass menopause but as we've learned Catherine over the years with you it is it's much more and it is much more uh, complex and wide encompassing than the than the hot flushes. It is and and just to pick out one symptom that your texture mentioned the the, the nightmares the, Mm. the very very vivid dreams 
this is so, this is this comes up so much and so often you know people are wondering you know what is this about but we know that that can happen and we know that unfortunately in certain situations past trauma can actually come up quite viscerally in the menopause years so you know and bearing in mind Edward that trauma is very different for every single person but you might have had something that happened to you you could be as young as 10 or 11 or mm. you could be in your 20s or 30s and we know that that can come up very very real in nightmares in dreams and it can literally feel like it happened yesterday and if something like that is happening if it's a past trauma it's very important to get specialist support you know with a, with a trauma therapist to kind of work through that but look like you've said yourself you know the hot flushes the night sweats even the brain fog they're mm. just the tip of the they're just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I'm looking just, at the list here and actually seeing it in a kind of a list format, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's stark in itself. Catherine, time is against us and I have a few more questions so they're coming out in hot and heavy so I'm going to have to put you into what I say to Shirley Lanigan, our gardening expert, the rapid fire buzzer round. <laughs> okay. So bear yeah, that well, in mind. Um, so this is an interesting question and I'm taking it as sincere. Um so whilst you could take it the other way, but I'm taking it as sincere. It says, good morning, Edward. I'm a man working in a very predominantly female environment who would be of menopausal age and would just like to know what's the best way to deal with short temperedness, bad humour um, of said colleagues and that it's not easy being on tender hooks all the time. Um, and her texter asked not to read out my name, which I certainly wouldn't. But I, I, I take that sincerely as well, you know, and I think maybe the, the, the bigger question is how do we, you know, coexist with people um, with with menopause? Because obviously, whilst it's 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 bad for the person, you know, it can have, you know, more widespread yeah. ramifications. It, totally. And, you know, the, I, when the book came out last February, Edward, the, the, the one chapter that got tweeted about a lot was the one I did, the chapter for the partners, because mm. we've got to remember that when you look at menopause, it is not just about the person going through it. It's all the touch points in that person's life. And that is the partners, the children, the family members, friends, work colleagues, etc. And so and, and nobody wants to be walking around in eggshells. So it's really important there. What I would say is inform yourself as the symptoms of menopause, understand what it can look like. And if you can try and open a conversation with your partner, a great way to start that conversation, if they're open to it, can be by looking at a symptom checker. You can download them from my website or any website, print it off, go through it together. And it's a great way of opening the conversation. And then you can start to understand as a partner okay, maybe some ways that you can provide support and some ways that you can open the conversation that, look, maybe if they're just being a bit too grumpy that, you know, mm. there's that understanding there that you're both impacted. And but there's a they, different, there's a different uh, application of that obviously required in the workplace when they're not your partner. Oh, yeah. No, no. When it's in the workplace, it's completely different. I think, you know, if it's in a workplace scenario, then really, you know, always in the workplace, the onus of disclosure is always on the person who's going through menopause. So really there, if you, again, understand the symptoms and you can have empathy towards what a person is experiencing, then really it is just being mindful that there may be moments where you have to walk away. There may be moments Mm. where you have to practice a little bit more understanding for what someone might be going through. 
But having that conversation, depending on your relationship with that person, you're really looking for them to open up the conversation. Uh, Hi, Edward. Would you ask Catherine about pins and needles in both my legs? I'm on estradiol 50 milligrams and in my late 50s, I also have a Mirena, I think, M-I-R-E-A-N-A. I walk regularly and only have these pins and needles when I'm sitting down, says a texture. Okay, so they've the marina coil um, in as well, I think, what is what they're oh, saying. Oh, yes, so sorry, have, I didn't realise that's how you spell the marina coil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, so they have progesterone and oestrogen coming in through their kind of, yeah. So uh, what I would say there, pins and needles there, they can happen. Um, they're not one of the most common symptoms, but they can happen. And again, what you can often find that someone having pins and needles they might also be having restless leg syndrome which is where you're lying down at night time and the legs are kind of jumping and you can't control them again and I, I know I've mentioned it already but a great support for that go back to your dark green leafy vegetables go back to your nuts and seeds incorporate chia seeds flax seeds pumpkin seeds high sources of magnesium they will support Absolutely. Catherine, there we must leave it. I'm afraid I have more questions, but I've tried to get ones that encompass the general uh, the general vibe and feed. We could open a menopause clinic on a Saturday morning, Catherine, you and I. I'll field the questions and you can do them. But anyway, listen, in, sinc- in sincerity, thank you for your, your continued uh, good work and, and strident moves with regard to menopause. And I think it's, it is safe to reiterate your, your, your point that the, the lid will, won't be put back on. Catherine, give us your website where people can find out more details because obviously, as you can see from our text, there's a big swell of interest uh, around this. So maybe signpost us. Um, Wellnesswarrior.ie and my podcast is Menopause Uprising. Catherine, thank you so much and good wishes to you. Thanks, Edward. Take care. Now, that's Catherine O'Keefe, our wellness warrior, discussing all things menopause here on the Saturday show. We're going to take a little ad break and we'll be back shortly to discuss food. Glorious. KCLR. Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. Now, wait, I think, was I expecting? No, maybe I wasn't. Um, anyway, you're very welcome back. 0833 uh, is our dinners I was expecting it, actually. I was expecting another break. There it is. Ashley was looking at me saying, you were expecting it because you did too much talking. Anyway, it is, uh, what can I say? It is a, a virtue of mine uh, or a misvirtue as well. <laughs> Uh, A texter says, and I quote, you're amazing, Edward, on the menopause. You could open a clinic yourself. Well, thank you, texter, for that. And I certainly know just the venue. Uh, I'll be back with you. The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. Brought to you by Lyrath with Love. Fall in love this Valentine's with an overnight stay, breakfast in bed, a couple's massage and use of thermal suite. For details, visit lyrath.com. Now, anyway, thankfully we can't publish what we'd be talking about during the breaks or my Saturday Show career would be very uh, short um, as well. Now, 083306 9696 96 Oh, um, uh, 96. Uh, where did I think? Jesus, what is our number? Oh, I'm trying to read a text at the same time. 083306 is our dinners 
says uh, a texture um, as well. Keep the texts coming in uh, there and we'll get to those in a little while as well. Now, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by the ever wonderful and ever effervescent Tracy Daly who uh, joins me in studio in a beautiful ensemble of black and pearl uh, Tracy, good morning to you, my darling. Good morning, Edward. Thanks for having me in. A pleasure to have you in. Now, you have a big announcement, which we'll come to anon. We'll make mm-hmm. them wait. <laughs> make them wait. The cruelty of radio. Uh, but before that, um, yeah. hospitality in general, you know, there's lots of things. There's no more than our previous conversation. I was thinking when I was chatting with Catherine O'Keefe for Wellness Warrior, no more than the symptoms of menopause. There are a lot of symptoms, yeah. you know, and, you know, problems of the decline in hospitality. Mm. We're getting a tsunami of news of restaurant closures, cafe closures of all different levels and grades Mm. and you know there's a sadness to it because there's the human aspect as well and it it is something that touches humans because Mm. a lot of these places they're not, you know, the big multinationals are not closing down do you know that sort of way? So we're hearing of families and families of families that are being affected within communities what why why I think there's there's many years of reasons Mm. and I think before businesses went into COVID they were on a high there's no doubt about it Ireland was doing really well businesses were doing really well so it was a really fun interesting time COVID hit and they had to pivot they had to change they had to take on the pressure of all of that so it's layers on layers of fear frightening um, not knowing what to do and then we came out of COVID we came out of COVID really strong so we were energetic uh, we were excited uh, the Irish people stayed in Ireland we spent all around us we were so excited so we went from that decline to that massive boom and boost again and then when the world started to open up again we lost that footfall we lost that traffic mm-hmm. and I think independent food business owners they're exhausted they've had layers of beatings over the years and for them right now in this moment after taking on the VAT increase after taking on all of the different hikes from the energy bills it is cruel to see what people have to pay now from the uh, ingredient hikes it is absolutely terrifying and not only that minimum wage uh, they also the responsibilities of the business owner have gotten so pressurised so you're no longer opening a business with a passion because that's how it used to be if you were an independent food business owner it was driven from the heart because you had a really good recipe for yes. sticky toffee pudding and yeah. you want you know yeah your granny loved it your auntie loved it mm. the relations in Australia requested the recipe so you felt as if you had something really goddamn special and that's not enough anymore you have to be all things to all people you're no longer that individual and the pressure of that, the pressure of taking care of all the bills. So ordering ingredients, it's not so much fun anymore because the cost has gone up. You order one ingredient, you get it wrong. The price increase, inflation on that, if you're ignoring it, comes out of your bottom line. And if you're not paying your staff well, you've got bank holidays, we've got extra ones in the year, that's pressure. You've got the minimum wage hike, that's pressure. How many coffees does it take to sell to create that space in your annual income? to ensure that you can take care of your team. There's, there's so many layers. There is so many layers for sure and certain. And like if you're the recipient, you know, just picking up on one, if you're the recipient of mm. the minimum wage, 
you know, it's not enough. Yeah. That's the other side of it, isn't yeah. it? Where In do terms you live? of, you know, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, there is a sense, isn't there, though, I just think going out now, mm. you know, you can actually see it. For a while you didn't feel it, it just kind of just got lost in a cloud. Mm. But now you can feel that going out to eat is more expensive at all levels. Yeah. Whether it's the cafe, the coffee shop, the carvery, or the, the haute cuisine you can you can feel the price increase, can't yeah. you? Yeah. You and customers are feeling that. Oh, for sure. Every aspect of the business has gone up. From your morning coffee to your morning pastry to your simple sandwich mm. with one to two ingredients. It doesn't matter how simple it is or how exquisite it is. If if the business hasn't reflected the increases in the prices, they're dead in the water. And then you have if the businesses reflect the increases, they're also dead in the water because mm. the customer's getting pissed off and annoyed and they're going to march somewhere else so it's a really really tricky time I think look at there's many ways to skin a cat so to look at a business and that's something that I I really enjoy doing and I I, I do it because I can add value but going into a business having a look at it from many different angles taking it apart looking at the menu looking at the portion sizes looking at the hero ingredients looking at the crossover of ingredients looking through bins what are they wasting What's, what's money down a drain that doesn't need to be there and you know that you're training chefs all of the time you're giving them the expertise and the skill to be mindful uh, uh, to to actually care about the ingredients so much so that the outer skins are a joy uh, whatever way you choose to use them whether it's in a stock whether it's in a base whether it's dehydrated whether it's in a powder whether it's in a crisp the utilisation of all of those different elements really matters and also bringing in the ingredients and crossover is a really important word if people aren't being mindful of one ingredient going on to three different dishes instead of one ingredient for one dish they're in trouble because you then unpack that further Edward and you've got extra fridges extra stainless steel storage you have to keep your EHO happy uh, you're, you're building on extra space for, for a freezer like you're putting yourself under so much pressure when you lose focus and identity on the mission and what it is you need to do and when you lose sight of how to curate and engineer a menu that works for your business your menu dictates every decision in your business so we need to go back there. We need to go back to the menu in every business. And it's not fun. It's not easy. But it has to be done. And isn't it hard for kind of like the daily operators to kind of make mm. something special anymore? Yeah, to have the energy, I think, mm. is one of the first things. Um, and I see a lot of businesses, because I'm fortunate in that I'm out there, so I can I can use the information that I'm gathering in real time. A lot of business owners feel immense pressure to be all things to all people and therefore they're getting themselves under great pressure and they're actually having a lot more food waste as a result. So it's a very challenging time when the business owner becomes overwhelmed, when the business owner feels all of the pressure, because remember the media at the minute, when I say it's it's negative, I mean, it's been honest, it's been true, uh, but it's it's where you are yourself, how you take on that information will matter. Then that will either penetrate in a good way or a bad way. If you can keep your head down, and focus on your business and come back to the basics and and I can say that and you'll shake your head the basics are gold aren't they they're mm. gold and let's not lose sight of that one special a week start there not three specials a day not three specials a week pull right back and start over again and it's okay just make it exciting take the time to plan because planning is where the success lies 
Talk to me about expertise then, you know, people that are yeah. that are experts, people that have the kind of the, 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 the proficiencies to kind of mm. to do this work, you know, because mm. it's great. You know, if I was to give you a celeriac now, I mean, you could mm. make it sing, dance and talk. Yeah. But everybody maybe may not be able to do that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you've got the, the casual dining space, you've got the fine dining space and in the fine dining space, they'll have all of the equipment and, and knowledge and training and mentoring in a space to give that ingredient and the individual working with the ingredient but in the casual dining space uh, there isn't the expertise there isn't the equipment to really bring that to life so there are lots of missing links and to not know what to do with a celeriac that's okay too again bring it on once Uh, I I would trial and error at home before I bring it into my small independent business A couple of texts coming in here as well. Uh, one texter says, good morning, Edward. It's not just business people that are leaving. A lot of farmers are moving out of farming. Too much red tape and overheads killing so much mm. of rural life. And again, of course, people pulling out of farming, what we must be aware of, oh, yeah. has kind of, you know, a knock on effect because of yeah. the links between, you know, agriculture and food. You know, they're intrinsically linked. Yeah. Without soil, we're nothing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Another texture uh, says, and I mean, I can hear the frustration and the angst and of perhaps mm. the sincerity. Uh, people can't afford to eat out anymore. 15 euros for very thin sandwiches, uh, sliced ham, bit of tomato and onion, few tato on the side, uh, tea, cup of tea, crazy. And that's in Kilkenny, says the texture. So that's like a toasted special in the cup of tea, I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, you know, it is difficult to kind of Justify. run the business and it's difficult to kind of have that experience because, mm. you know, a toast special and a cup of tea is not a special occasion meal. That's yeah. a functional meal yeah. as well. It's and, and so everyone I, is in, in, in angst over yeah, it. Yeah, and we've lost trust. And when we lose trust, that's exactly what that text is. It's I've lost trust in that business. Mm. I've lost trust that they're giving me really good quality ingredients, that this is of great uh, uh, standard. And when you lose trust, you feel like that, which is really disappointing. And then you've got the business owner who has also just felt so let down by everyone and everything because they're trying their best. They're overwhelmed. They can't get the staff. They can't get the ingredients at a right price in order to pass that on to the customer. So you've got all of this wildness going on behind the scenes. So you've got front of house issues, back of house issues, customer issues. Yeah, it's it's really trying times at the minute. So what, what could that business do if we walk it backwards? Well, tell that business to get in touch with me because I'm a mentor with the Kilkenny Leo. Get in touch. Let's work together. Let's unpack that dish. Let's make it better. Let's give that individual something to walk back for. Because I always say, I'm a customer. When when I'm out and about, I will choose very wisely where I put my 350 or 380 for a coffee. I'm fussy. Mm-hmm. I need to know that it's coming from someone with a passion, a real passion. And it's coming from a clean environment. And it's coming from a team member mm-hmm. that's supported and I love to see that. I love to see the staff and the team who are supported. And that's not happening at the minute because it's just a crisis situation. I think I've said to you before, and I've certainly said it on the show, but you're leading me into it. Uh, I worked 100 years ago with Kathleen Morn in the Kilkenny Design uh, Centre. Yeah. And I always accredit 
with Kathleen, that's where I learned about standards mm. because she was a, a, a mm. woman of unquestionable standards. You know, everything was always to the letter of the law. Mm. She bought the best ingredients. Mm. She served it. She served, I, I keep saying she served local food on local crockery when no one was doing it oh. and when it wasn't sexy to do it. And she had standards. The salt went there, the pepper went there, the milk jug went oh, there, the flowers went there. It was fabulous, you know, and that you know to to have that training inculcated in you yes. is fantastic you know so standards are key aren't they you know to 100%. to uphold standards and to have them and and you know what it means it means there's no confusion yeah the team member can show up fully and feel supported with the training that they've received knowing that that's where it goes and where it goes all the time is really important and it's that consistency what does a customer purchase they purchase or they repeat purchase consistency and standardization because it's nostalgia I went in once it was so lovely the coffee was great I'm always looking at you know the balance of flavor in, in a cappuccino the, the the froth the glossiness the velvet then onto my plate hot food hot plate I, I, I look at the presentation I look at the relevancy and then I go oh I can't wait to come back I look at the cleanliness, toilets, holy Christ. I was somewhere recently, Edward, and I refused to buy a mineral out of the fridge because the fridge was so dirty. And I was in a position where I knew the chef was brilliant. A brilliant, the chef wasn't the owner. And I knew that her kitchen was spotless. And I knew that in my heart. So I just got a lunch item. I was on the road, so I was under pressure for time. And I went, no, I'll eat from the kitchen, but I won't buy anything else. They lost revenue from me. Mm. Anyway, standards. You're absolutely standards right. Are, are, SOPs. Are, are key. There you have it. Yeah. They're all there. We're going to take a little break and we'll come back to this in just a second. But as we head into the break, let's give a lovely shout out to Brianna, who's busy helping her auntie this morning. I'm not sure what she's busy helping her auntie with, but she is busy helping her. So lots of love to Brianna and... Um, uh, thank you for listening to the best show on earth. The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. Brought to you by Lyrath with Love. Fall in love this Valentine's with an overnight stay, breakfast in bed, a couple's massage and use of thermal suite. For details, visit lyrath.com. Yes, indeed. Good morning and fall cheer, Ash. Lovely to have you with us here on the show. And uh, another little thumbs up from Brianna. Uh, busy working away this morning. Also, I must tell you, I met uh, Bridget MacDonald uh, from The Ring in Tinnahinch in the supermarket recently and we had human contact. Now, Tracy has benefited when she came <laughs> into this studio this morning with human contact. So it's lovely big hug. So good morning to Bridget. I know she listens to us every Saturday as well. And I take this time out to say I really do appreciate everybody's company because whether I'm in the supermarket or whether I'm walking around Dunn's or going down Kieran Street or the High Street I love when you all say that you really love listening to our show and the varied content that we cover so I mean there you have in one morning where would you get it? what other show would you get drama music gardening food and menopause <laughs> All we're missing now is a bit of sex and religion. But anyway, uh, Eddie Hughes is coming up after 12 o'clock. So he'll bring the sex appeal, uh, if nothing else, here to uh, KCLR. Tracy Daly remains with me and uh, we're delighted to have her uh, remaining with us. Uh, Tracy, you have a big announcement. So I think we might have to get to that for fear the Angelus will will knock us off, off form. So what is your big announcement? Yeah, well, it's business related, Edward. And it's absolutely brilliant. I've been working on it for the last number of months and finally I've gotten it over the line. And it's for cafe owners. It's for independent 
cafe business owners and it's strictly for them because as far as I'm concerned they're absolutely lost out there they're not being represented so I've created um, what I call my my quarterly workshops for cafe success and I'm after getting uh, the security from the restaurant and hospitality skill net that they'll fund 50% and honest to goodness, I have spent 2023 with a mission to ensure that my services can be availed of by anyone and everyone at the most reasonable cost through funding. Because how else can I take care of the casual dining space? And as you know, I had a cafe. I had an award winning cafe. My love for the cafe sector is absolutely enormous. It's where my heart lies. So I'm bringing together four quarterly workshops. They're taking place in Kilkenny. I've decided that I'm done with frills. I'm not doing it. I'm not buying into chandeliers and linen. What I'm doing is taking a full step back and I'm bringing them with me and we're going to take part out in Kilkenny Rugby Club. I'm going to take it over for four full days over the calendar year and we're going to take apart their businesses and we're going to put them back together again. So my first workshop is Shine Bright or Get Left Behind and I have expert speaker PR guru Chris Towers so he's coming in we're going to have a panel discussion so it's an all day event with lunch included the next workshop is workshop number two two, and it's mind your pennies and the pounds will mind themselves and the expert speaker for that is uh, the guru Connor Spacey the legend uh, who absolutely has taken over the world from a zero waste the chef manifesto piece and he also is a culinary director of um, a, a number of businesses the third workshop is get out of your own way and step up and so I have a financial expert who's about to confirm on Monday so I'll come back with his details and we're just taking businesses apart for each person in the room and workshop number four is make your business work for you and I've got um, a, a pure or a HR expert because HR and business in the cafe sector is so challenging and it's Avril Mansfield I'm so happy to have her on as far as I'm concerned she's one of the leading experts in this space so we've got the 21st of February the 8th of May, the 4th of September and the 2nd of December. Let's get your business to where it needs to be. What an opportunity. Yeah. What an opportunity. And how can people avail of that, um, Tracy? It's about to go live in the next 10 days with the Restaurant and Hospitality Skillnet. So I'll have it on all of my uh, social pages as well. On Instagram, on my website, I'll have all the information within the next 10 days. Um, I'm so excited, Edward. I feel very privileged. I'm, I'm brazen because I'll never give up. Oh, as brass. <laughs> I, as brass. <laughs> I'll never give up. I'll never give up. And I appreciate fully that these businesses, their bottom line is so tight right now that they can't afford to get the expertise in. And with this 50% funding, I can afford to get them to come to me, to step out of their business, to step out of their own way and take back control. How You're amazing. You're like the Dermot Bannon of food. <laughs> Why, thank you. That is the new tagline now we're going to give you. Um, But it is, I mean, at the end of the day, food is still exciting as well, isn't it? You know, and creating food, sharing of food, you know, that whole coming together that food brings us, you know, is is amazing. It's stunning. I I was in a building, it's an 18th century building that's been uh, renovated by two business owners and they're popping in a really fantastic um, casual dining offering and I won't say any more but I took their menu apart, put it back together again and together we've created something very special, Edward. So you're right, with the new, with the old, there's something brilliant to be achieved. 
the problem is if you allow isolation occur for you as an independent business owner, you will get stuck in that rut. If you allow me or other experts into your life, we'll get you out of that rut step by step. We'll hold your hand. And that's what business owners need now. They need the hug. You said it. The hugs, they matter. They certainly do. They certainly do. Uh, cooking anything nice this weekend, Tracy? I saw you made a lovely kind of a chocolate and coffee uh, oh, entremet recently. I tell you what, I had a ball last weekend. I'm the most gorgeous, as you know. I'm I'm a blessed auntie with nieces and nephews. And Nessie, uh, my little Nessie, is two and three quarters. And she baked that cake with me from start to finish. And it was such a wonderful experience. It was last weekend. Um, and she just loved the experience. So unless I can kidnap one of the kids this weekend, I have no plans because I'll tell you what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm actually at the annual Craft Butchers Expo. And so I'm going to be on a roving mic and we have four events. We've got the Four Nation Butchery Competition between Scotland, England, Northern Ireland and Ireland. And in Ireland, the team for Ireland is Jim and Bernadetta Murphy from Tullow in County Carlow. And then we've got the Apprentice of the Year Competition. We've got four candidates coming in there for the Craft Butchery trainees. And then we have the Sausage and Pudding Competition. And then we have Jim Murphy, who's the team captain of the Irish team. He's also given a great demonstration. So I'm too busy to bake tomorrow because I'm going to be at that expo with my roving mic. There you have it. Uh, our texter, Sean O'Hargon, says you can't be at the John Street women, Edward. Imagine that Tracy, Catherine O'Keefe, our wellness warrior, oh God, and the woman of this house came from within 200 metres of uh, each other. A formidable, Flannery, a yes. formidable street, we could call it. Holy Tracy Daly, there we must leave it. You're oh. a little superstar and we love you coming in to see us on the Saturday show. And uh, you're always a welcome visitor and meet up Love you too, Edward. Uh, that's Tracy Daly. That brings me up until the end of this morning's show. Thank you so much to you all for listening, to all of my guests. I can tell you that Jackie Neal from Holly Park uh, in Cretty Yard in Carlow is the winner of our tickets to go to see uh, Separate Beds by Sam Cree. So good wishes to you, uh, Jackie. And thanks so much for entering our competition and enjoy that. Eddie Hughes is up next with uh, Saturday Brunch. He's going to give you lots of music and chat. The sports team, Shane and Robbie, will be here at two o'clock. And uh, again, of course, the Queen of Pop will be with you uh, this evening. Chat with you next week. If the Lord spares me and if he doesn't, the show will go on. The KCLR text and WhatsApp line 083 306 9696. Sponsored by Dinners Ready Market Yard Kilkenny. Passionate about coffee? Our new barista menu in store serves delicious barista coffee from 8am daily.